sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hour number two, a football Friday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this football Friday. Again, a football Friday in many different capacities. The NFL setting up the week 14 Sunday slate, following all of the drama we saw last night on a Thursday in Hollywood for Baker Mayfield and the LA Rams, but also the Army-Navy game, the 123rd playing. We focus on college football on this Football Friday as well. And the Heisman Trophy ceremony, not far away from us here in Manhattan tomorrow evening as well. And the 2022 World Cup is back in action. The quarterfinals now underway, kicking off just moments ago in Qatar with the tournament favorites in Brazil taking on Croatia in the first of four matches in the quarterfinals. But we take a small break from Football Friday to focus on all the basketball and the hardwood handicaps you need both in college hoops and in the NBA. So here we are on a Football Friday, but we put that to the side because now we enter the zone. First, we start in college basketball and my favorite conference, the Big Ten Conference, and a showdown last night in Columbus between 25th-ranked Ohio State, a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Rutgers. It was Rutgers' second game in Big Ten play, the debut for the Buckeyes in their Big Ten schedule this season. Rutgers coming off a huge upset victory at home over Indiana this past weekend, and they look poised to start Big Ten play with two upsets outright as an underdog until the final seconds. Rutgers was up by three with seven seconds remaining. They foul up three late. Ohio State prolongs the game. They have an opportunity at the end, and Tanner Holden throws up a prayer for Ohio State. That is answered. The Buckeyes win at the buzzer. 67 66, the final score in favor of Ohio State. Yes, Rutgers covers as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, but in the Big Ten debut for the Buckeyes, they pick up a huge victory to get their conference schedule started with a bang at the buzzer. Tanner Holden, a big one for Ohio State last night. As we focus on those Big Ten title odds at the moment, Purdue remains the favorite to win the conference. And again, anything you see from a conference outright perspective is a regular season number on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Plus 170 for the Boilers. Illinois behind them at plus 280. Indiana, nearly $4 behind Purdue. I don't think there should be that large of a gap for the Hoosiers just because they lost one game in the rack against Rutgers over the weekend, plus 550. And then that team there with the fourth best price, the Iowa Hawkeyes. A non-conference game for Iowa last night, but an in-state showdown, the Cyhawk version in basketball against Iowa State, 20th ranked in the country, but heading to Carver-Hawkeye last night. And Iowa uses home court advantage to pick up the 500th win of Fran McCaffrey's time in college basketball. 75-56, an emphatic victory for those Iowa Hawkeyes that put up 
75 points against an Iowa State team that was only allowing about 56 points per game to their opposition entering last night. We'll break down why that is so impressive in just a moment, but first, we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after, live on this Football Friday, with a little break to focus on basketball, our hardwood handicap for the weekend here on Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So Iowa beats Iowa State, the big in-state rivalry, the Cy-Hawk edition of basketball, 75-56. Iowa closed as just a short two-and-a-half-point favorite against Iowa State. Again, Iowa State only allowing about 56 points to their opposition. The 75 that Iowa scored, the most the clones have given up in regulation this year, and Iowa doing all of this without their leading scorer in Chris Murray, who was ruled out for the game before. Philip Robratza, a huge game last night for Iowa. Connor McCaffrey stepping up in a big way for the Hawks as well. So a big, big victory for Iowa last night. From the college ranks to professional basketball, we focus on the NBA as well, setting up the weekend. A game in Miami last night that saw the Heat as a 7-7 and a half point favorite. Miami gets the win, but the Clippers get the cover. It was the second leg of a back-to-back for LA in Florida. So we did not see Kawhi Leonard last night in that starting lineup. Paul George did get the start though. 29 points over his points prop, but Miami gets the victory. Four of their five starters in double figures, led by a double-double from Bam Adebayo, 31 points 10 rebounds well over his points prop of 19 and a half a big NBA Friday slate as well the Lakers continue their East Coast road trip their fifth game of six on the road for the Lakers they are in Philly tonight the Sixers a four and a half point favorite against Los Angeles the Lakers had won three straight now they have dropped back-to-back games we Await to see the availability of LeBron James and Anthony Davis tonight. James Harden, though, back in the fold for the Sixers. An MVP showdown for the Mavericks and the Bucks in Dallas. Luka versus Giannis. The Mavericks, Giannis, excuse me. Luka versus Giannis. The Mavs versus the Bucks tonight as we look at things in Dallas right now. The Bucks, a slight one-point favorite, and you see their odds. Both Giannis and Luka trailing Jason Tatum in the MVP market. We go to the streets for Benny and the Bets. Up next, live right here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A football Friday returns live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Again, football Friday in many different ways. We will continue to preview the NFL Sunday slate in just a little bit. The World Cup in the first of four matches at the quarterfinals now underway between Brazil and Croatia. We will bring you any live scoring updates in that match as well. And tomorrow, one of the best pageantries in all of college football. The 123rd playing of the Army-Navy game. This year's rendition in Philadelphia with Navy a two and a half (coughs) point favorite. The reason we bring that up live right here on TMA on this Football Friday is because myself, Ben Stevens, and Alex Fasano, our executive producer here in the mornings, our field producer on the streets of Manhattan for Benny and the Bets, we hit the streets fast to do just that. 
quick, easy questions for the public. Army, Navy, 32 and a half, over, under. And they gave us their game predictions for the Army-Navy game. It was a beautiful sight to see. Yeah, it doesn't get more direct than that, Ben. Over, under, Army or Navy. Go Army, beat Navy. Go Navy, beat Army. But before we get into that football, Ben, let me give you a live update on the world Please. of the football going on right now. We're entering the 12th minute, excuse me, 13th minute right now between Croatia and Brazil. Still a 0-0 score. However, you can jump in on Croatia to qualify for the next round at plus 390. We've seen a lot of shootouts. Yeah. We've seen a lot of extra time. So, hey, why not jump in live? But, Ben, we're talking about football. Do you think Army and Navy football game would be cool? We think a little soccer between the two? How would that turn out? I think it would probably be pretty good. It might be more high scoring than the game we'll see on the gridiron <laughs> tomorrow between the midshipmen and the Black Knights. At least that's what we get with an over-under at 32 and a half as. There you go. You take that over, but not this game over. It's always unders, right? Was it 17 straight unders in this tradition? I mean, oh my gosh, Ben. I know you're already on the under, right? We're too too old to be betting overs now, right? Come on, we're riding with the under. 100% we are. 43 of the last 53 service academy football games. That means Army-Navy, Navy-Air Force, Army-Air Force. 43 of the last 53 since 2005 have hit the under four of the last five between army and navy would have gone under this total of 32 and a half Faz, you are right i think it's 16 or 17 straight now army navy games trending toward the under but some of those totals are 44 and a half 42 and a hook relatively small not quite as small as 32 and a half and we still have gone under that number in four of the last five years for me a big 10 sympathizer that loves the idea of a gritty grinded out football game this is my heaven tomorrow on a Saturday in the 123rd playing of Army and Navy. That's exactly what I was going to say, Ben. Does this sound like a Big Ten football game? We'll see what happens. Maybe you got to get out there and start passing the ball a little bit for these for these servicemen and women out there. We'll see what happens. Now, I know you're all on the under. We got it. There he is right there, 32 and a half. We're riding with you, Ben, taking the under. But, hey, the public seems to like that as well. So why don't we hear from them? Everybody take a nice deep breath. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Benny and the Bets. This weekend is one of the most storied and historic traditions in all of college football. It's the 123rd playing of the Army-Navy game. Today we hit the streets of Manhattan to find out New Yorkers' predictions for that game. Army or Navy? Army. Army. Navy. Army. Navy? Navy. Navy? Yep. Navy. My dad was in the Navy. Neither. Neither? All right. Air Force, I guess. Sweat out Navy. Navy. I like that idea. It is water. Water is wet. Is water wet? That's the real question. You're a big midshipman guy. No, I'm not a big midshipman guy. You say Army? No, I said Navy. But they're the midshipmen. I know. Yeah, I've got an Army and a Navy. Who do you want to win this weekend? Army. Uh, Navy. I'm a pull for Navy because a former college classmate of mine was a head coach there. Really? Jerry Tranquil was his name. The Navy has the best, the dungarees. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Navy. Navy? All right, you know what they say when you want Navy to win? It's go Navy, beat Army. Can you do that for us? Go Navy, beat Army. 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 Well, is that a go Army, beat Navy? Go Army, beat Navy. Over, under 32 and a half. Over or under? Under. Uh, I don't know. Over. Over. He said over. Over. 32. 32. That's an under. Are we going over or under? We're going under. Uh, under. Under. Over. Now, you know, the goal of the game is to sing second. 
Do you want to sing with me? No, I don't. Are you going over or under? Under. Quarterback is under center. I have a running back deep behind me, two behind me here. I'm going to take the snap under center. I'm going to read the option here. Linebacker comes. I take it out. Now we're running the option. Deep back comes. Pitch. Pour the milk. Pour the milk. And that is the triple option. Go Navy, beat Army. Go Navy, beat Army. Go Navy, beat Army. That was enthusiastic. I love it. Great stuff. Go Army, beat Navy. Ready, go. Take. Good block, fast. Go wide, go wide. Pitch it. Take it. That's an Army veteran right there. Go Army, beat Navy. There you go. Go Army, beat Navy indeed. Ben, Ben, like I said, you got to get out there throwing yeah. some passes yourself. I, I, I retract that statement. Go out there and start running the triple option for them. Then maybe the over will hit. What do you think? You getting out there? We got to get. We got to show them how to do the triple option. They're not doing it right. They are doing it right. They're doing it far better than we did on the streets of <laughs> New York. But Faz, I will say shout out to our guy, Kalmar, who helps shoot and produce and edit Absolutely. a lot of these Benny and the Bets a producer here on Sports Grid. I said Army veteran. I believe he still might be active duty in our armed forces as well. So shout out Kyle Maher. He was telling us, go Army, beat Navy. Now, I said that at the end for Kyle. However, if I'm going to pick the game, it's go Navy, beat Army. <laughs> Give me the midshipman laying two and a half. One final point here, Faz. That man that we encountered live in the streets that said he wanted to give a shout out to Gary Tranquil, his former college classmate, former Naval Academy head coach from 1982 until 1986. Gary Tranquil during his time there in Annapolis, Fasano. A winning record in the Army-Navy game. Navy had won three of his five Army-Navy matchups. So shout out to Gary Tranquil and that man we saw on the streets of New York fast. You'll never know who you're going to meet in Manhattan. There you go. I think that might be a sign, Ben. We might have to ride with Navy. You might be right. I know we said it for the video, but this is where it matters, live right here on TMA. We're taking Navy outright. I don't care if we're laying a little bit of juice, minus 146. We're just going to go outright with Navy. But let's get into Love some it. other picks, Ben, that everybody loves here on the morning after. That's the producer plays. And I guess I'll start us off. Ben, you know I love my futures, and it's still the regular season. This is a playoff market, so technically it's a futures bet. Give me the Patriots to make the playoffs at plus 205. Now stick with me here. Right now in the playoffs, you're looking at it. If it ended today, the Dolphins are the six, the Jets are the seven, and the Patriots are the eight. They're in the hunt. Now this week, the Jets play Buffalo. Bills beat them. Jets go two and three in the division. Patriots end the season against Buffalo. You think if Buffalo locks in a playoff spot, they're going to sit a bunch of their starters? That could be the week the Patriots eke into the playoffs, having a better conference record than the Jets. So this is a big week for New York against the Bills. Give me the Patriots and some plus money to make the postseason. A good handicap there, Faz. Also, the Pats have beaten the Jets in both of their two in the season series. A huge tiebreaker advantage for New England there. There you go. Exactly. It's all about the division, so they don't have to go far. They just got to make the playoffs. That seven seed is all New England. Plus, we don't like rooting for the Patriots, so why not root for the Patriots in our bankrolls? All right, Andrew Bacigalupo going with Netherlands to advance to the next round in the World Cup at plus 130. They play today against Argentina. Wow. A tough matchup. It's almost like a pick em spread if there were spreads in soccer. But, hey, he's riding with the Netherlands. Go Dutch to advance to the next round. Ben, are we riding? I, I kind of like Argentina, <laughs> but I love it, Bosch. Bosch going with the Dutch. Hey, it works out, I guess. He can't bet against the GOAT, right, in Messi. So we'll see what happens. Botch, all the best to you. But, hey, 
the hottest guy on this board. Jesse Metzger riding with the Jets. Garrett Wilson over his receiving yards prop. I don't see a number listed yet. They're looking out maybe 60, 61 and a half. He doesn't matter. Take Jesse's over on Garrett Wilson's prop. Hey, it's going to be a shootout against Buffalo. Maybe he hits the end zone, maybe on a deep ball. I kind of like it. Garrett Wilson with Mike White has been a prolific relationship from quarterback to wide receiver. Fast, thank you. We heard what the people of Manhattan had to say about Army-Navy. Now it's Joe Lisi's turn. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. One of the most meaningful games in the history of college football and certainly even in the present happens tomorrow in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field. It's not the Eagles playing somebody. It's Army and Navy. The 123rd meeting between the Black Knights of Army and the midshipmen of the Naval Academy. Helping us break down that game. Looking in early perspective at the college football playoff and a final check on the Heisman odds before tomorrow night's ceremony. It is the mastermind of the college football pigskin. His name is Joe Lisi. He joins us here on this Football Friday, live on the morning after on SportsGrid. Lisi, glad to have you here on the show. As we often say, the reason that you and I love college football as much as we do is because it's always about the present. We'll forecast and look at the CFP. Right now in college football with the head coaching carousel, the transfer portal going bonkers, it's about projecting out the future as well, but it's certainly about the history and the tradition. And there might not be anything more historic and traditional than the Army-Navy game in CFP. Joe, how do you describe the significance of what this game means to college football? It really signifies everything that college football is positive about, Ben. This is what it's all about. It's more of an event this weekend in Philadelphia. You have to watch the theatrics. You have to watch the fan base and just what it means to play in this rivalry. I mean, they're not the best, you know, athletes in terms of, you know, power five. But at the end of the day, they give it 150% and it's going to go down to the wire. It's a true rivalry, Ben, in terms of what it encompasses in terms of the great sport of college football. And I can't wait to watch it 3.30 Saturday afternoon. Of course, a heated rivalry on the gridiron tomorrow. Teammates off the field following that. But this game means everything to both Army and Navy. Joe, a perfect way of summarizing what we will see tomorrow in Philadelphia. The goal is to sing second to win the football game. And right now, Navy, Joe Lisi, is favored to do just that. A two and a half point spread in favor of the midshipmen. This is the only FBS football game tomorrow. And as Joe alluded to, Navy's a four win football team. Army's won five games this year. Does it impact bowl season or the national championship or the college football playoff? No but it's still significant in its own right. So, Lisi, as you look at this game from the numbers, Navy laying two and a half against Army. How do you break it down? Well, I mean, I think you got to look at Navy, right? They're four and seven overall, and on the flip side, you have Army five and six, but it's a little deceiving because they played two FCS opponents in terms of Villanova and Colgate that really padded their statistics. Now, they have won two straight down the stretch against UMass and Connecticut, two 
I want to say lower teams in terms of the FBS, but at the end of the day, they're they're a little bit more consistent. But here's what I go to, Ben, in terms of breaking this game down. You look at the defensive side of the ball. Navy right now, in terms of run support, only giving up 85 rushing yards per game. They're rock solid in terms of the front seven, went toe-to-toe with the likes of Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Very blue-collar, methodical offensive lines, and I think they're going to stop Army in this matchup. On the flip side, you have an Army defense that has allowed 193 rushing yards to opposing offenses, 5.1 yards per carry. I think the more complete team heading into this ballgame is the Navy midshipmen laying a short number of two and a half. I'm willing to do that. And at the end of the day, I'm going contrarian. We know about the stats in terms of the unders. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm going way over the 32 and a half. I might even alt it in this ballgame. I know. So, Joe Lisi, let's focus. Let's focus on that total because you break my heart when you say things like that, taking the over of 32 and a half between Army and Navy because you often reference this in terms of how you handicap college football. Joe Poe, which is the public, versus Joe Moe and how Joe Lisi likes to evaluate football games. So, it's 32 and a half for the over-under. 43 of the last 53 service academy games have hit the under. Four of the last five Army-Navy games have stayed under even this small total of 32.5, including last year when Navy won 17-14. to So, Joe, why are you not following the trends? What is the handicap specifically that you think leads us to an over tomorrow in Philly? Well, we've seen in recent years where this total was a little bit higher, 39 and a half, 40, and they bet it down tremendously right before game time. I feel like the pregame total right now has come in right where it should be, right? And now we've seen it bet down just a little bit. But at the end of the day, Ben, we're talking, I mean, last year they had around 30 points. So we're 28 points. You're still going to have a shot to get this over. I talked about it with you in terms of football full circle. I'm inclined to potentially bet this in terms of the over 15 and a half from an over perspective in terms of points of premium. And at the end of the day, if you're going to give me a shot at 30, basically we're looking 23-10. That's what you're looking at to get the total here. I'm willing to take that shot. How low can you go? I mean, people are willing to bet this under 28 and a half in terms of a total, and it's unpatriotic. I'm going over. I'm going completely contrarian. When everybody starts talking about this statistic, I'm going the other way, especially when gambling's down Main Street. This is not Joe Poe. That's Joe Moe and Joe Lisi. To his point, last year, if you were to look at the numbers and correlate it to last year's game in 2021, they scored 20 total points Did these two teams in the first half, well over this year's first half number of 15 and a half and still stayed under. That's another wrinkle to it as you saw those team totals as well. I agree with Joe. I think Navy is the right side, the fourth best rushing defense as opposed to Army's 17th worst rushing defense. That's the biggest matchup factor. So both Joe and I will be saying, go Navy, beat Army all Saturday long on college football today that starts at 9 a.m. Eastern alongside Kevin Walsh as well. We still have three weeks, Joe Lisi, until the college football playoff, the national semifinals. In the first game up, the Fiesta Bowl between Michigan, the number two team in the country, and third-ranked TCU. Joe, when this line opened up on Sunday afternoon, it was nine and a half in favor of the maize and blue. The over-under was 59 in a hook. We have seen movement on both of those prices. The spread... And the total. Now it's just seven and a half 
in favor of the Wolverines. And the total down by a point, 58 in a hook. So, Joe, the market is already moving for the Fiesta Bowl, the first of the two CFP semifinals on New Year's Eve. Why is that market already moving? Well, I mean, your, your TCU is a team that, you know, if they play their A game, I think they're going to be in this matchup from start to finish. They have a veteran quarterback in terms of Max Duggan. That offensive mind, the Sonny Dykes, with four weeks of preparation, potentially could put some pressure on Michigan. And we've seen Michigan right now just be able to dictate tempo, right? Even when they trailed against Ohio State, it was only three points at the half. They were within striking distance. But if TCU does start fast, if they do jump up by double digits 10 to nothing how does that affect jj mccarthy and the play action passing game that's the biggest thing i think heading into this matchup and why you're seeing tcu get some money right now because they have the potential if they start fast to maybe get michigan out of their game plan so we'll see how it plays out i think there's no doubt michigan wins this ball game but i think it could be a very close matchup and i'm inclined to take the points and the speed of tcu especially when you look at that performance on the road in Austin where they shut down B. John Robinson and Rayshon Johnson. If they could do that against Donovan Edwards and the offensive line of Michigan, they're going to be in this ballgame from start to finish. The Horn Frogs closed as a slight underdog against Kansas State in the Big 12 title game last Saturday after being the favorites for most of the week, even in the early morning hours of Saturday. They are 2-1 against the spread and straight up as a dog this year and of course their only loss on the season outright came as a short one and a half point underdog against K-State in overtime last weekend so Joe you think Michigan wins the football game even if TCU covers as north of a touchdown favorite that would be a rematch of last year's CFP semifinal between the dogs and the Wolverines Georgia blew out Michigan 34 to 11 Michigan right now would be an eight and a half point early look ahead underdog in that national title game against Georgia Joe when you evaluate TCU has been a pesky team all year long who do you think presents the toughest challenge to Georgia of Michigan and the Horned Frogs I think it's Michigan because of their ability to run the football and obviously get it into a four-quarter game. I think if we're talking offense and defensive lines right now for TCU, I think they'd be up against it against the Georgia offense and defensive lines. That's just the way I break it down. I think Michigan in a rematch could pose a problem from the spread perspective, eight and a half against the Georgia Bulldogs. But I think there's no doubt that Ohio State, though, and poses a problem yeah. for for the Georgia secondary. The way LSU ripped apart that defense for 500 total yards and those wide receivers stepped up with four weeks of preparation, Ryan Day and C.J. Stroud, I think are well going to be in this ballgame against the Georgia defense. You saw it there. Michigan's already an eight-and-a-half-point underdog against Georgia. TCU nearly three scores, getting 16-and-a-half Ohio State only getting six in a hook. And as Lisey just broke down, a key matchup he'll be following. How that Ohio State passing attack and the second best scoring offense in the country attacks the best scoring defense in all of college football, at least entering conference championship weekend in UGA. Joe, only one FPS game tomorrow, but the Heisman Trophy ceremony to cap off Saturday night. It seems like Caleb Williams is a shoo-in. Minus 1,600. As the favorite to strike the pose here in December in New York City, the field plus 1080. Quickly here, Joe, is there any shot Caleb Williams is not the 2022 Heisman Trophy winner? 
No, no way, Ben. I mean, the fact that he played with, what, 299 passing yards and three touchdowns in the loss to Utah, if he had a terrible performance, maybe, but he solidified it with that performance in the Pac-12 championship game. And did it all banged up with an injured hamstring that he suffered on the opening quarter of that game. Joe Lisi, I will see you tomorrow and in just about an hour and a half on Football Full Circle. The mastermind of the college football pigskin. Nobody better than Joe Lisi. Our second cup of Joe on this Football Friday morning with Joe Pisapia up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our final Football Friday thoughts, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid with our second Cup of Joe, because even in our second hour, we still need that energy at an all-time high. And that's why Joe Pisapia is here as well. To preview the NFL Sunday slate for week number 14, one final time. You can see Joe P on your Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, live right here on the Spiz Grizz. Joe P, to think that we're doing this together again, on a Friday morning and on Monday evening following the weekend for the Sports Grid Holiday Party. We'll be together in person for the first time. I can hardly contain my excitement, but no jinxes. Knock on wood, wherever that is, and make sure that happens on Monday. Yes, looking forward to that. And it's good because, you know, all this time together, we're starting to learn more about each other. We were talking about haircuts, not so much mine at the break, but more Ben Stevens talking about, well, what do you, how much does a haircut even cost nowadays? I'm completely out of touch with the market. And I found out what right. kind of tipper Ben Stevens is, which is somewhere kind right. of in the middle, I got to say. Not, not too little, but oh. not quite Italian. <laughs> not quite at that level of tipping right. either. But there you go. I, in, in fairness, I think it's it's perfectly adequate and rather generous at times. Shout out to my guy Beck at B&H Barbershop in the East Village. All right, so here we go, Joe P. Now to the NFL Week 14 Sunday slate. A ton of divisional matchups all across the board for this upcoming weekend, including the best team in football, the 11-1 Philadelphia Eagles on the road in New York, New Jersey at MetLife against the Giants. Joe P., this line has grown in favor of the Eagles as we get ready for Sunday. Six, six and a half for most of the week. Now squarely on that key number of a touchdown. The Birds laying mm -hmm. seven on the road. Joe P., it's a seven-point spread. It's a touchdown number for a divisional game with Philly on the road in New Jersey. What is your approach for divisional matchups this time of year with just over a month remaining in the NFL season? Typically very cautious. And I think everybody should always be that because familiarity sometimes breeds contempt when it comes to the point spread. And these mm -hmm. teams know each other. They know their tendencies. They're familiar. They've seen each other. They scout each other. There's a lot more time and energy that goes into the scouting departments when we're talking about scouting your in-division opponents as opposed to out-of-conference. Uh, so, it, it was surprising to me because I thought the Tennessee Titans were going to come and bring it and drag the Eagles down to uh, to their level, but that did not happen last week. The Eagles got out early, and Traylon Burks went out early, and that was a bad combination because they were not able to throw the football and play catch-up. So if you get up early on the Titans, basically it's a wash, and that's exactly what happened. And look, Jalen Hurts last two weeks has played fantastic. He's closed the gap here between himself and Patrick Mahomes for the MVP mm -hmm. race, but yet again, 
There's still plenty of football left to play. He's got the Giants coming up the schedule this week. We've got Dallas coming up too. So I think it's time to start hedging a little bit with Jalen Hurts because if he has another big game here, shuts down the New York Giants, they are in cruise control then, I think, for this division, uh, regardless of what happens that game later on uh, against right. uh, the Dallas Cowboys that they've still got looming on their schedule. So this is the time for people like me and maybe some of the people watching right now who have those shares of Patrick Mahomes to start edging just a bit with Jalen Hurts and making some investments there before it gets to a place where the money is no longer plus. It's a very good point, Joe P, because it's only a 25-cent difference at the moment. Mahomes still the favorite, but he was in mm -hmm. a minus money number just last weekend. Jalen Hurts plus 150. The third and other team from the NFC East in action this weekend, the Dallas Cowboys in an in-state showdown against the Houston Texans. And Joe P, the Cowboys are a 17, yes, 17 and a half point favorite against Houston. This is not an SEC team taking on a team from the Mountain West. No slander there. I'm sorry if I offended any of our Mountain West viewers. This is an NFL football game, Joe P. Sapia. So a three score Sunday at the star in Dallas. What will it take for the Cowboys to be able to cover the 17 and a half point spread? Uh, it's going to take a defensive score, which I think is something that is very much in play. Uh, we have a very good defense here. We all know how good Micah Parsons is and how well they get into the quarterback. Trayvon Diggs has been so good this year, locking down people. So the Texans just don't have a lot here. Now, they're a team that could get good right away next year. If you draft Bryce Young and you have John Mechie comes back healthy and all of a sudden you have Damian Pierce and you draft some offensive linemen, and all of a sudden you could start to put together some things a little bit. Still a lot of pieces yet to go on the defensive side, but it's a huge number. It started out at 16, then it moved to 16 and a half. Now you're up to 17, and I'm not surprised. Uh, to me, rather than trying to chase this number, because we all expect you know this to be an absolute smash of a game, maybe it's a game where it's just comfortable. Maybe it's a game where they get up and they just kind of cruise control and don't really put the pedal to the metal and pull guys because it's a game that they have in hand. And in which case, that 17 becomes a little bit dangerous. Instead, I'd rather be looking at the prop market. Anytime touchdown score for Zeke Elliott, put that up to maybe two. Let's let's slide the bar a little bit, okay? How many touchdowns can he get? Um, let's look for the overs on the all-purpose yards on Tony Pollard. Let's fade away from CeeDee Lamb, fade away from Dak Prescott. Let's look to the RBs. I think the RBs are the way to make money in this particular game. I think it's a really good point. The Texans have the worst rushing defense in the National Football League, giving up nearly 165 yards per game on the ground. And the Cowboys have been blowing people out as of late Dallas has won five of their last six with an average margin of victory of nearly 24 points per game so the Cowboys Joe P enter week 14 a nine and three football team two games behind those Philadelphia Eagles who are 11 and one atop the NFC East division so the division seems firmly in control of the birds but when you look at the NFC title market, it's Philly as the favorite. Dallas only about a dollar and ten cents behind Joe P. Where we stand right now. So where we are entering Week 14, how do you compare the Eagles and the Cowboys? Well, the only thing about the Eagles that worries me just a bit too is this is a team I feel like also that hasn't really been in the big games yet in the playoffs, right? Uh, Dak Prescott, we could say the same thing also, but we often see these teams that are just absolute, just juggernaut great teams in the regular season, and then they get to the postseason, and a little bit of inexperience sometimes shows up, and a little, unfortunately, you're kind of on the outside looking in, and then you're kind of not uh, where you think you should have ended up, which is in the Super Bowl at the end of the day. 
Uh, I was very gung-ho on the San Francisco 49ers a couple weeks ago on this show, and then the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo kind of crushed those dreams. So the path is easier now for the Eagles. They still have a fantastic defense, uh, the San Francisco 49ers do. They still have offensive weapons, but uh, now that we've pivoted to the quarterback play that we've got, it would take a small miracle, I think, to get them all the way through. We're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, another team that has the quarterback play, has the RB situation, and then Zeke is starting to... I think look a little bit better than he has previously in this year. I think the Tony Pollard factor is a huge factor here, but it's the defense of the Dallas Cowboys. At the end of the day, can Dallas go on the road and beat Philadelphia? That is the most important thing. Can they do that? That's a big question. I think the Eagles path a month ago was a little trickier. Now it's starting to look like uh, a definitive reality. I think for a lot of people, and I can understand why the lack of faith in the Cowboys showing up in big spots, the 49ers being what they are, I think we could all agree that the NFC South is not a challenger to the crown of the NFC. I think we all can say that collectively right here and right now. Let's put that aside. So it really comes down to Jalen Hurts and his ability to continue to do what he's doing, which is making huge plays at big moments. And I think if he continues to do that, it's the Eagles to lose at this point, which is not how I felt about it a month ago. But now that we're in December with some of the injuries that have happened, I think now it's something that we have to kind of wrap our minds around that is going to take a lot, I think, to knock the Eagles off their pedestal. The highlight of that Christmas Eve Saturday slate in just a few weekends, Philly heads to Dallas in a showdown that could decide the NFC East right then and there. Joe P., I agree with you. One of the knocks against Philadelphia maybe is the lack of postseason experience. It was one of the benefits for San Francisco. Now that's not so much there Mm -hmm. as you look at the NFC championship market. And Philly, not only a heavy favorite to win the NFC East, a minus 370 favorite as well to be the number one overall seed in the NFC, holding on to that buy and home field advantage throughout what they hope will be a deep postseason run. A team hoping to get into the playoffs, Joe P, improving in that trajectory as well. The Seattle Seahawks at home in the Pacific Northwest on Sunday afternoon, hosting the Carolina Panthers as a four-point favorite. Joe, knowing that Seattle is in the hunt for an NFC wildcard spot and maybe still in play within the NFC West division as well. How do you add that motivational factor for a team in Seattle that has playoff hopes with a team in Carolina that's already looking forward to the future? Yeah, this is a tricky one because you don't have Kenneth Walker. Uh, You don't have a healthy running situation. And we all know Seattle likes to run the football. So really now this is all landing on the lap of Geno Smith, who has been terrific this year. But he's also been terrific with the caveat that he's been able to have an offense that's been very balanced. Now, when you take that away, yes, it's a lesser team, the Carolina Panthers, but they still got guys like J.C. Horn who can lock down anybody. Mm -hmm. They've still got some players. Jeremy Chin just came back healthy not too long ago. So it's a little trickier scenario. This is a game that I think has a lot of landmine potential in it. In fact, I think there's a lot of value here just looking, if you would, on the money line side of the Carolina Panthers. It's something that we've been doing on these Monday, Thursday games where I work over and over and over again. We've been talking about going last night. I could not wrap my mind around the Rams doing it. I wish I had because they were two and a half to one. We could have made money there, but I think there's an opportunity here to make money just straight up with Carolina. You know, forget the four. If you go with that plus 165, which is the consensus line over on betting pros right now, I think it's a way to make money on this game because now you're asking Geno Smith to carry the entire workload. You're taking on that pressure. You're taking away their ability to be a multi-dimensional offense. And I think whenever you do that to any quarterback, you're going to expose them a little bit. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Geno Smith. The guy's been terrific. Statistically, he's been great. They do have two great wide receivers. They are at home. It's a tough place. 
They've just got to be careful not to overlook the Carolina Panthers. They are coming off by extra time to prepare. Deontay Foreman's going to be healthy. Sam Darnold, I think, is the most reputable guy that they've been able to throw under center all year, which doesn't say a lot. But he's been able to resurrect DJ Moore a little bit. Last week, DJ Moore had a touchdown. So this is a game that I think is going to be a lot closer than people realize. I like the Carolina side. But if you're going to make money on this, the way to do it is probably going straight ahead and look for Carolina for the upset because I just don't know if we can buy into the Seahawks at this level under these current circumstances. The Panthers have covered in five of their last six games, fresh off the bye in all of those five covers as an underdog. There is some thought, maybe, Joe P, that Seattle has life in the NFC West despite a minus 400 ticket in favor of the Niners. Only a game out, but San Francisco victorious in the first meeting of these two earlier on in week number two with obviously Brock Purdy being in place they will play each other Thursday night football next week and that game could decide the NFC West as well quickly here Joe P one of the biggest interesting peculiar storylines of the week was Tennessee firing general manager John Robinson in the middle of this week entering week 14 as the Titans hold a three-game lead in the AFC South they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite for a divisional showdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday afternoon. Joe P., only about a minute left here in this segment. Mm-hmm. How do you evaluate the Titans, who have lost two straight games and just fired their general manager for what seemed like very little reasoning right here at this point of the season? Well, it seems like odd timing. But in terms of reasoning, I think you can understand the reasoning, which is this is a team that doesn't have a whole lot going for it in terms of depth and star power. Right? You have Derrick Henry. And what else do you have? You have Mike Vrabel, who's prepping this team over and over again. But if you ask the casual football fan to name somebody besides Derrick Henry on the Tennessee Titans, I guarantee you they struggle. They're just going to. They'll name Tannehill. They can name some of the guys on the defense. I don't think so. So Vrabel's done a phenomenal job with not a whole lot to work with. So I don't know if this has just come to a head in terms of the arguings or maybe where we're at with this team in terms of what they thought they were going to be able to go into 2022 with. But when they've had injuries, and they've had a ton in the last couple of weeks, this is where we're at, and I think that's the problem, and this is another game that I think is super difficult to gauge. Keep a close eye on the practice reports for Trevor Lawrence today. Wait for those before you make any wagers in this game. It was the A.J. Brown revenge game of all time that maybe sent John Robinson packing as well. Joe P., have a wonderful weekend. Hopefully you see you Monday. We round out the show up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out this football Friday. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Our two hours together come to a close. Our week together here on the Spiz Grizz also coming to a close momentarily, but not before a National Football League best bet, which is our charge each and every football Friday as we round things out. Thank you for following along all week long. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. Watching all across the SportsGrid Network, I am... Ben Stevens. Of course, we will give you an NFL best bet, as we always do. Something you can come back to for your Sunday slate, but really the best bet of this football weekend 
is Navy laying two and a half in the 123rd meeting between the Black Knights of Army and the Midshipmen of the Naval Academy. And of course, the under of 32 and a half because we are Patriots and we back the under tomorrow in the Army-Navy game. A game that we all hope both teams just have some fun out there. Navy, the fourth best rushing defense of the country. Army, the 17th worst. That's really the handicap for what will be a close and competitive and low scoring football game but before we say farewell before we say goodbye it's time for an nfl best bet it is time for bye 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 it's a number i have loved all week long it's a number i loved certainly earlier in this week the ravens getting two and a half points as the underdog on the road in pittsburgh and an afc north rivalry tilt against the steelers it is no lamar jackson in there for baltimore that is why they are not favored on the road but Tyler Huntley plays the same type of game as Lamar the offensive scheme for the flock remains the same and he is one of the best backups in all of the National Football League five starts last year for Baltimore yes the Ravens were just one in four but the four losses by a combined seven points now the number has worked in the manner of Baltimore it's only one and a half that's why we throw up the money line there as well because you might as well sprinkle with some plus money at plus 106 the Ravens as the underdog in Pittsburgh on Sunday have a great weekend enjoy all of the football we'll be back on the morning after live on a Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern I'm Ben Stevens we'll talk then